Christmas. Turn that light down just a little bit. Right you know, we're singing to the Lord right now. So I want to bring up something. The Christmas season in the Bible, in the book of Luke, it says that the world saw great light. Before Jesus came, how many people were going to heaven? None. How many people were dead in sin? Everybody. Don't take church for granted. Don't take God for granted. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Nobody goes to heaven but by me. No, you don't have a life outside of Jesus. If you think the world is going to give it to you, you're as deceived as a sinner. Nobody trumps Jesus. Not even Donald. Some people want Donald in office, I do, but I want Jesus in office. And you can actually vote him in right now. When we're singing, I'm grateful, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful. Until I met him, I didn't have a life. And he didn't get old with time. Relationships are there because you stir them up. Lisa and I have a great marriage, but we work at it. Well, I work at it. She's, she does great, I have to work at it. But there's nobody on the earth more important than her, except the Lord. Nobody. We go through Christmas seasons and we seem to think that that's kind of old hat. We've been doing this now for how many years? It's Christmas, ho, 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 hallelujah, Hallmark movies, a little bit of snow, not here. And then we go into a new year. I'm going to preach a sermon in a minute called, What's 2022 Look Like? Who gets to choose? We do. Not the government, not God. I want us to do something right now as a church. I want us to stop and say, we are very grateful. Because without you, we wouldn't have a life. Father, without you, taking the time to come and become a human and walk the earth without you showing us who you are and going to a cross, without you rising from the dead, without the new birth, without the Holy Spirit, without the church, without, we would just be without. We don't have a life. You said that the world is without hope, and they are, but we, we're not hopeless. We're standing here today. We have a future. We have a great future. And we owe every bit of it to you. I'm not going to move on with this service, Heavenly Father, until we show you from our heart, we love you. We love you. I don't need a song to tell you that. I don't need a band to show you that. But I'm going to tell you right now from the bottom of my heart. Everything that I have today is because of you. Everything that I have in my future is because of you. All of my sins are gone because of you. My future is there. I have joy because of you. I have peace because of you. I have love because of you. I have hope that my prayers will be answered for my children. And great, but all because of you. All because of you. And because of that, I am grateful. I'm so grateful. 
thank you, Jesus, for what you did. And I pray we as a Christian body never take you for granted. This is not another day of the week. This is your day. This is your time. This is when we dress up and pull aside and go. We sure do love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you have done and all you're doing. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Find somebody, give them a big hug, and tell them you're glad to make the church. like to welcome all of our first-time guests. Hey, we encourage you, if you're a first-time guest, come back, find out who you are in Christ. Let's get established in the things of the church and do something for the kingdom. Amen. Amen. And we encourage you to stop by the guest booth on your way out. We have a free gift there waiting for you. Well, you ready for some announcements? Welcome to Word of Life Church, where our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. And we do this by loving God, loving people, and loving life. My name is Rosie, and here are this week's announcements. On December 31st, there will be a New Year's Eve prayer service from 7 to 10 p.m. to pray over our nation and our families as we usher in the new year. Dr. Mary Frances Varallo will be with us January 9th through the 11th. She will be ministering for both of our morning services on Sunday and for a night service at 6 p.m., as well as Monday and Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Make sure you get here because you will not want to miss this. Sunday of the year. Never mind. Isn't God good? Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. So you made it through. 
You're still here. You're not backslidden. All right then. You know, this is the time I usually stand up and talk about finances, but that's a terrible thing to do at the end of Christmas. But I am going to promise you one thing, that every one of y'all need to go on a diet. This is the time that you take 21 days to lose 21 pounds. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Zach, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me too. Are y'all ready to give? Father God, thank you for the opportunity to sow into the kingdom and to bless your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. sign up what does 2022 hold what's it look like thank you fantastic great awesome I'm going to agree with you, but that's not going to be true for everybody. So I want to talk about the year that's coming. I want to talk about the year we just had. 
We just survived 2021. Wow. That's why I was looking at y'all going, glory to God, you're here. Amen. But what does it hold? And a lot of people um, are looking at it and thinking about what's going on in the world today. And they should be. And so I want to start off, I want you to put Isaiah 17.1 up on the screen. And I want to talk about where we are in time. Now, I'm going to tell you where we're going so that you'll go with me. How many of you want to have a good year? All right, I'm going to start right now by making a statement to you. It's not up to God. It's up to you. I have to start off with that with that uh, premise because um, a lot of people are looking at the future and asking the question, "What's going to happen?" Well, number one, do you know what time it is? So I, I think it's time that we talked a little bit about world history and what actually is going down right now. You you know as much. As I would like to tell you that the rapture generation is like, you know, 50 years from now. That I would love to tell you that. You know why? Because I don't want my American way of life to change. Anybody else in here agree with that? I mean, I, I, like, I like going to the store and buying my groceries. I don't want to farm them. I like gas being lower than it is. I like driving a V8. I, I like the American way of life. God has blessed this nation. This nation is the most blessed nation. But I want to tell you something about God. He doesn't owe you and I the lifestyle we have. He don't owe it to us. And a lot of people think that God does owe Americans a lifestyle we live. So I want to talk a little bit about the time we're in because no matter what you believe or don't believe, it, we are in a time that we're in. Now, let's, case in point, I, don't, I, want you, I want to read a scripture to you, and I want you, to, I want you to think about what I'm fixing to read. The burden against Damascus, behold, Damascus will cease from being a city, and it will be a ruinous heap. Will it be? It will be. Before Jesus returns, Damascus will not, not exist as a city. That means that Syria is going to be in a war. That war is going to affect you. It's going to affect the whole earth. Now, Damascus right now is a state-of-the-art city, and it has never been in a ruin since the beginning of Damascus. It is a very large city. It's full of people, very prosperous city. Well, not by our standards, it's not. But three days ago, Israel bombed their airport. That war has begun. It doesn't matter whether you like it. Whether you don't like it, it's happening. It's happening. Whether you agree or don't agree, we're living in the last days. We live in the most wonderful time in the history of the world. We are the generation that will watch Jesus return. We will be here. That's, that's awesome. 
out of all the generations, and I'm talking about the prophets from, the, from Adam to Elisha, Elijah, Jeremiah, all the way up. These guys wanted to see what you see. And I'm telling you what, we've had some great times in history. I mean, what, what, you know, the Red Sea splitting or Jesus being born and the shepherds hearing about it and going and checking on the manger or whether it was the day Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. All of those have been very significant times in history. But there's nothing that trumps Jesus setting up his rulership on the earth and stepping into Jerusalem as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Nothing. And we are kissing it. We are watching it happen in front of our eyes. Now, that, that's good news, and it's also like, ooh. Because these, these are also tough times. All right. I'm going to read something to you. Um, Ezekiel 38 war. Let me give you a history of what is about to happen. Let me, I did this on a Wednesday night and I feel led to be do it on a Sunday morning because you guys need to be in the loop since you don't come to church on Wednesday. All right. We are in a Shemitah year. Do you even know what that is? Most people don't. Um, every seven years, seven God divides the world up in Jewish time. God is not a Gentile. Jesus is Jewish. Je Jesus' new year is not starting. His, he had his in September. He's Jewish. God divides the world and time up in, in, according to the Jewish clock, not the, not the Gentile clock. The world, the center, divides it up by the sun. God divides it up by the moon. All right. Now, every set, there's a seven years period, and then there's a seven year period, and there's a seven year period, which means a 49 year period. At the end of 49 year periods is always a time called the year of Jubilee. Now, let's do a little history right now. When Jesus stepped into his own home church in Nazareth, was at the same time that we're approaching a Shemitah year, which meant that it was the beginning of the 50th year, which was a Jubilee year, and every man would go back and all of his money and all of his lands would come back, and everything you lost, you got it back. And, and, there, and you know, if you were bankrupt, you got all your money back. If you lost your land, you got it all back. If you lost your job, you got it all back. And that's when Jesus stepped into Nazareth and started preaching, and all of the captives came home. People were healed. People were filled with the Holy Ghost. People were delivered. Jesus was the Jubilee. And that's how we know. He said, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. And he quoted that scripture that he is the Jubilee. We have just entered into this coming September will the big, be the beginning of a seven, of a, of a one-year period. Uh, everything goes back to the way it was from the beginning. Now, Knowing that is also like, oh, shoot. This is the reason why a lot of scholars are talking, and, and, and they're finally getting smart. Because you understand that we cannot build a rapture theology based on the Gentile calendar. God's, God does everything according to Jewish. Listen. When he came the first time, it, it wasn't haphazard. It was on a Jewish holiday. Pentecost, Jewish holiday. Second coming, Jewish holiday. Rapture will be 
at the Feast of Trumpets. It will be. It'll be in September, October. It, it, you say March, it won't be. April, it won't be. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? So once you understand this about God, you go, okay, okay, God. But now there's, a, there's an issue. This coming, we're in that last year right now of the seven-year period before we enter into a jubilee next September. The rapture will take place September or seven years from now. If it happens seven years from now, we are in for a ride. Yay. I like cowboy movies. Don't, don't look at me in that tone of voice. Just, just, I love a good cowboy movie, and I love a good horse movie. I like Snowy River, and I like it. But there's a cowboy movie I was watching the other day. I didn't watch the whole movie. Well, actually, I did. I finally did. It's rated a two-star. It ain't all that. But it has one scene in it. One scene in the cowboy movie I love. It's called Monty Walsh. It's about a cowboy in the early 1900s, the last of the Mohicans, the last of the cowboys, before cars took over and they put fences up and all that. And he was a bronc stomper or a bronc rider. And, and um, there was a horse that hadn't been rode little filly, and she had an attitude. And at, toward the end of the movie, Monty Walsh is riding into town, and he rides up and sees this little filly that no one had ever ridden. And he gets off his horse, and he looks at her in the eye and said, I'm going to teach you some manners. And he does. Puts a saddle on her, and they rode up the street, tore the buildings down, went in the hardware store, tore the town up. She even rolled with him once, and he got back in the saddle. And when it was all said and done, he busted that filly. And I looked at that, and I said, that's America. We're fixing, we're fixing to ride this puppy out. Somebody's going to bust this horse. Okay. Enough cowboy movies, because I see y'all are excited. My, my favorite is open range. You killed my buddy? Don't talk. Never mind. I lost some of y'all already. You're like, well, how do we get from Jesus to cowboy? I don't know, but we'll come back. We'll come back. <laughs> if Jesus doesn't come back, we're in for a seven year. Now, here's the question. Knowing what we know, that Israel, right now, everything on the stage for Ezekiel 38 war is set. Right now, Israel's ramping up for massive war. If you want to read about it, Ezekiel 38 and 39, just go home and read it. That means that everything that's going to happen is going to happen. And what will happen is after that, God is going to pour out his wrath. Fire and brimstone is going to rain. They're going to fight among each other. They're going to do the same thing they did in the Old Testament. It's going to be a mess. China and Turkey and, and Russia and Iran, it's going to be a mess. But God is going to get the glory. All right. Now, I knew, I knew something had to happen in our elections, even though I didn't want it to. I didn't want it to. Because when it says the young lion said, have you come for spoil, Trump never would have asked that question. You going down there for spoil? Heck no, we're going to come back. We're going to come take you out. Okay. It had to be somebody who didn't have much backbone. 
And so I read that going, that, that, how's that going to happen with Trump in office? And when it ha- I went, uh. So I'm, re- I'm watching my Bible and I'm watching Israel very, very closely right now. Okay. Now, that has to happen before the people of Israel. Now, you understand Israel is a secular nation. Most of the people are not religious. They don't, they don't know their Bible. They, they don't even know the Old Testament. They don't care. They do care about you bringing your money over, but other than that, they don't care anything about your Jesus or theirs. They've already rejected God. They rejected Messiah because they thought Messiah was going to come whoop Rome. And they're still looking for a physical Messiah to beat their enemies, and that's what's going to happen. At the end of the war, they're going to go, good God, we would like some peace. And they're going to sell land off. There's going to be a peace treaty, and when it happens, look in the crowd, the Antichrist is in it. At the end of three and a half, they're going to they're going to start they're going to start the, the daily sacrifice is going to come back. They're going to run whoever's in the Temple Mount out. They're going to say, "We've had enough of you. Get out of here!" And they're going to take over the Temple Mount. And when you see it, you go, "Shandai, we were there that Sunday. We know what's going on." And I'm watching it very, very close. Does that mean I know everything and everything's right? No, I know that I don't know everything. I know that there's loopholes in what I believe, but I'm probably the only preacher that knows there's loopholes in what I believe. Our, our rapture doctrine is, is 50, 75 years old, made by a bunch of people who didn't know anything about nothing. They didn't even know ISIS exists. They didn't know anything about what's going on. They just, they were guessing. And they, and we're still teaching it in Bible schools. It's sad. And we're living in it and going. So, so let me, let me give you the American version of the rapture. This is what's preached in America. Are y'all ready for me? We're going to be going to Starbucks. Just left Walmart and headed for Ruth Chris or Outback. And the rapture will take place and the next day all hell break loose. That's the American version of the end of days. And it's baloney. Do you know why? Because we don't believe that American Christian could ever have trouble. I got, a, I got a reaction out of y'all, and I wanted to get one. Thank you, Jesus, you gave me a reaction. Let me tell you something. This, this job that I have called pastoring is very, very hard. Do you know why? Because you don't believe you'll ever go through anything hard. And good God, don't ever preach to me like it will either. Don't prepare me for tough times. I'm a Christian. God does not owe America an American way of life. Many a country has fallen that we're wickeder than we are. This nation has, thumbed, has thrown their fist in the face of God. Don't worry, I'm going to get us out of it. Luke 21, 29, go over there. 
you, you have no idea what it feels like to have your attention. I mean, you're, you're like pulling on me right now. Like, ooh, I love it. Most of the time it's like, how long is he going to be going? Amen. You know, there's a scripture, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You're fixing to get free. I'm just not one of these compromising people, you know. A lady one, came in church one day. She said, your pastor offended me, but God, I love it. <laughs> I went, well, come back. I'll offend you again. Anyway, the truth offends me. The truth is tough. It's not easy. Twenty-one, twenty-nine, and he spoken to them a parable and said, look at what? Fig tree. Jesus made a powerful statement. You understand Mark eleven twenty three and 24 was not a scripture that God put in the Bible for Kenneth Hagin. And Rhema. Whatever you desire, when you pray, believe, receive, and you shall have it. If you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea, you shall not allow down in your heart. Believe what you say, you have what you say. And if you have any ought in your heart, have any unforgiveness, you will not have doubt God's not going to. Now, God did not put that in there because Jesus spoke to a fig, fig tree symbolically because Israel had rejected him. Israel's fig tree. And he said, do you want to know what I'm doing? You watch the fig tree. Now, as we sit here right now this morning, most Christians, most people on the earth have no idea, and three-quarters of the Christian have no idea what's going on in Israel. Not a drop. They don't know, they don't know what, they don't know the scripture I just quoted. They don't know about Ezekiel 38. They don't know about Damascus. They don't know about the war that started. They don't even believe that the Antichrist system has already begun. Listen. How many people, the new, the new variant, whatever they're calling this thing, one person's died and the whole world's falling apart. That's, that's just terrible. It's stupid. Folks, if you believe that, you're a one shade from a moron. This whole thing has been nothing more than control, control, control. And people are going, if you just put on a mask, it'll come to an end. Good God, yes, it would. All your freedoms and everything will come to an end. But see, we, we're in, we've already entered it, and people are still calling it a conspiracy theory. And I'm going, what part of this is a conspiracy theory? They're locking people up in Australia now and all over the earth, and you still think it's a conspiracy theory? In other words, what I said a while ago, the next 12 months are going to be a ride. Even though, now, now let's come back to Trump a minute. Let's come back to Trump. Do I want him in office? Yes! I want my gas prices to come back down. I drive a V8. Are you serious? I want, I want the, the, the thugs in office, and I'm not talking Democrats. I'm talking about Democrat and Republican. I want every one of the idiots that are up there screwing this nation up to go straight to jail, and if not, I'll be glad when they're in hell. Don't get mad at me, but I'll be happy. I heard Smith Wigglesworth one time told Lester Summerall, says, Hitler will be in hell soon, and I went, if he can say that, I can too. There will be a judgment day. It might not be this side of death, but it will be a judgment day. Anyway, I'm getting real strong. I shouldn't be. I should be calmer. I've been reading Charlie Brown magazines trying to calm down a little bit. But. Luke 21, 25. Are you all ready? 
There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth, distress and nations, perplexity, sea and the waves, roaring. Men's hearts will fail them from fear and the expectation of things that are coming on the earth. The powers of the heavens will be shaken, will be, not, not, <laughs> and they will see that when you see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power, then these things begin to happen. Look up and lift your head because your redemption draws nigh. Now, the first thing that I'm going to talk about is look up. The first thing he told you and I to do in the time we're in, when you see these things going, you and I need to start getting excited about the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back to the earth. Now, remember the scripture that says, for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross, despised the shame. In other words, if you're going to go through the hard time, you have to have a reason to go through it because something good is going to happen. What is going to happen is Jesus is coming back to this earth. But that does not mean it'll be easy. Because one of the things that the American church has never accepted is the fact that God never told you you wouldn't have trouble. He has never told you that. Pretending that Goliath is not there was not the answer. Have you heard about that giant? Oh, that's, that's someone else's problem. No. Pretending that this is not here is not helping you. I'm not done. Ignoring Goliath. What happened to them? What are they? Goliath's coming out every day and hollering, and everybody is sitting there. He's hollering now, and everybody's going. See, everybody loves David until it's your turn to get a rock. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And David steps up and goes, someone take the sucker out. See, everybody loves the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego until they start cranking the fire up at your house. Oh, come on, just go along, get along. I mean, just put a mask on. Good God, just shut up. You're going to lose your job. <laughs> Debbie, I'm doing pretty good, ain't I? All right. The only way to deal with Goliath is to face him. Yes. 2022, the only way you're going to fix it, the only way you're going to make it, you're going to have to stand up and look it square in the eye, and you're going to have to face your Goliath. This is the beginning of my sermon. In other words, I can't change the time we're in, but I can change the way we view it. I can change us. We can change us. Jesus said, when you see it, you need to look up. We need to get a bigger picture than what we have right now. I'm looking for Trump to come back, but I'm looking for someone else to return to. Because, and I say this about Trump, we got some Trumpers in here, because we went to the Trump, I got me the t-shirt, do you wish I was back, Ned? I got it for Christmas, someone got me a Trump t-shirt. But Trump alone, unless there is a revival cannot fix this nation. He's a man. And God, he is not. What was it he did in Texas? He stood up and said, there is a Savior. Thank you, Jesus. The president recognizes that Jesus is Lord. I still call him president. If you don't, that's fine. 
It's not my fault you're ignorant. We're going to get into that in point three. I got locked the door. Don't let anybody out. God is not going to keep you from trouble. That's not scriptural. Psalm 34. He never said, look, look at, just look at 34, 15. Pop it up on the screen. Let's read it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to our cry. Let's go. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil and cut off remembrance of them from the earth. Let's go. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers us out of all of our what? Didn't say he didn't have any. Just said he's going to get us out of them. All right, let's keep going. The Lord is near those who have a broken heart, saved such as of a contrite spirit. Many, say it with me, many are the afflictions of the righteous. He didn't say everyone. He said many. You and I are not going to be living in a day where there is no trouble. Suck it up, buttercup, and get over it now. Don't come back in this church with a sad face. Because if you hear what's happening in the world, <laughs> shut up. You're in the wrong building. Hold on, Lisa. They want a few pictures of me smiling occasionally, you know. Our modern-day rapture theology is based out of this concept that God is going to keep you from trouble. Stop for a minute. What about Africa? Well, to hell with Africa. What about China? What about India? What about Haiti? Oh, to hell with Haiti. We're Americans. We want the rapture. Folks, listen to me. You suck it up. Get over that. Just get over it right now. This whole modern theology that, the, that all hell breaks loose after you're gone, I, I don't think so. Now, when's it happen? I, I, I want it. I want, I want next September just like you. I want it. But if it does not, don't backslide on me. We got seven years, and it's going to be like Monty Walsh. You're going to throw a saddle on that puppy and ride that baby out. Now, we're going to talk right now about how to do it. Say 22, 22. will be, be my best year. My best. Say I, I choose. choose. Yeah. Amen. Okay, okay. Lisa, they're doing better than the first service. That's pretty good. <laughs> Jesus said in John 16, in the world you will have trouble. Then he said in Hebrews 12, 2, who the joy set before him endured the cross and, 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 and etc. The rapture was never an escape from trouble, but it is an escape from wrath. He didn't appoint you to wrath, but the whole tribulation period is not wrath. When, now you're, are you telling me it's a mid-trip? I, I don't know. And nobody else does. They're all guessing. Oh, it went quiet again. Someone drop a pen in this Baptist church. Hmm. 
I have a philosophy about holiness. I pray the Baptists are right, and I live like the Pentecostals are. Does that make sense? You say, who's right on eternal security? I'm not flipping that coin. <laughs> I'm going to err on the side of keep it clean, baby. But about the rapture, I'm doing the same thing. You say, you believe in God for the rapture? Yes. Are you stalking ammo? Yes. Oh, boy. Squirrels do. You ought to have enough sense a squirrel has. Well, go to, go to Jude chapter 1. Number one is look up. That was one number one point. I don't think I gave you number one point, but that's number one point was look up. I could do more on that, but I didn't feel led by the Spirit of God to do more on that. Number two is pray up. Number two, number one, as a church, we need to look up. Number two, we need to pray up. Now, let's read. Let's read Jude, Jude 1, 20. But you, beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost and keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy. Let's stop and talk about the mighty Holy Ghost a minute. Some of you people here don't speak in tongues. And at the end of service, you should come up and get filled. Amen. But it's not according to my uh, doctrine. Well, get over your doctrine and obey God anyway. Now, let's talk about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God said, the, the, the Bible says in, in, in Romans 8, you don't know how to pray as you ought to. Do you understand that when you're praying in tongues, you're praying your future out? When you're praying in the Spirit, you are praying next week, next month, next year. You're praying about things you don't know. Now, let's, let's stop for a minute and let's, let's analyze this. The, who knows what's happening to you next week? Nobody but God the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit knows where you're going, what you're doing. He knows your future. He knows where you are. He knows where your job. He knows about your money. He knows about your body. He knows about everything and everything and everything. Amen. And you don't know nothing. Amen. If you'll pray up, he will lay the track you need to get down. You say, well, I don't know what the Lord wants me to do. Pray it out in tongues, you lazy thing. I got a smile when I say that. Now listen to me. He gave you the Holy Ghost to help you because you need help. If you didn't need help, he wouldn't have helped you. But the fear of fact that he's helping you means he thinks you need help. So the more you're prayed up, the better your life will be. So you don't need to get to a place and go, well, 22 look just like 21. That's because you didn't pray. Amen. There's something missing in Pentecostal church. It's Pentecost. Now let's go down a road now. What happened? To the Pentecostal church. I'm going to tell you something. The most powerful move of God on the earth has been hijacked by preachers who want to build churches without the Holy Ghost. Do you, do you know, let's, let's just go back in church of God for a minute. Let's just go a little bit back to Pentecost. 
All of the Pentecostal churches were wooden buildings on the outside of the city, and denominational churches were brick buildings inside the city. And so the Pentecostals wanted to have a nice church like the Baptist. But they can't as long as they're being called holy rollers. And the holy rolling is because they have Holy Ghost services. And they fall down and they laugh and they get drunk and people get saved, healed, delivered. And, 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 and Azusa Street changed the world. Little black man with his head in a bucket, in a box, praying in tongues in Los Angeles changed the whole world. Without the Holy Ghost, you don't have a church. Without the Holy Ghost, you don't even have a future. You don't have a future. He's all dead, dead. You're just a dead, dead, dead Christian. Just dead Christian. You're just old dead crackers and dead burgers and dead food and dead church and dead kids and dead life and dead job, and it's just dead. Now, if you want to get over dead, Shandai. Come back. I mean, you're going to look, walk, talk, and act a whole lot different than everybody else running around the planet right now. But you see, the world we're living in, the kids, the kids in Los Angeles and San Francisco, they, they've rejected religion, but they haven't rejected God. They just don't want your church because it's dead. You know what happened to the Jesus movement? The hippies wanted God. They didn't, want, they didn't want to be a Baptist. They want to be a Christian. Don't get mad at me. Pentecostal church backslid. If you read their doctrines, they're all correct. But how many, when's the last time you went to church and heard tongues and interpretation? Prophecy, gifts of the Spirit. God ain't showing up for your dead church. He ain't showing up. You say other people didn't come today. He didn't come either. But the day we start praying in the Holy Ghost again and seeking God, we're going to have a move of God that's going to trump this planet and rock it to its core. That's good preaching. It's up to us. Number three, I got to get my glasses. I'm having fun. I just thought I would go out with a bang. Number one is look up. Number two is pray up. Number three is clean up. You knew it. You knew I'd go there. Go to Deuteronomy 30. <laughs> Probably the last holiness the last of the Mohicans, the last Holy Ghost, hellfire, damnation preacher on the planet, Santa Pompka, Florida. Good God Almighty. People either run in here or they run out. I don't know. They just run. Deuteronomy 30. Oh, I'm going to read. Verse 11. This is the commandment to which I command you today is not too mysterious for you. This isn't deep. Nothing deep about it. Nor is it far off. It's not in heaven that you would say who's going to go to heaven and bring it, and it, that we may hear it and do it. It is not beyond the sea 
that you would say, let's go over and bring it back. It's not in Tulsa, and it's not in Tampa. It's not somewhere else. Where is it? You want to read? Some of y'all already getting my punchline. <laughs> the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. See, I set before you today life and good, death and evil. Whose decision is it? Who, who holds 22? We do. You do. You hold it. Whether it's good or bad or ugly, it's not up to Israel. It's not up to Turkey. It's not up to the government of the United States of America. It's not the person you're married to or your mother or your father or the church you go to. It is totally up to you. You can have a good life, and if it's not good, it's you. Now, here's, the, here's my last one. I asked the God this question. I said, how do you preach living right to charismatic, tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling, Kenneth Hagin Copeland believing Christians? And we're all good people. We're not, we're not immoral. I'm not immoral. How do you stand up and preach live right in a church like this? Everybody is living, they're living right. That's good. But there is one thing that we've adopted with the world. We have failed to take personal responsibility for our life. The easiest thing in the world is to blame someone else for our mess. Now, I tried it with Lisa. Lisa and I were having a discussion one day. We were actually arguing. She was arguing with me, but I wasn't arguing. Not. And I, and I went to the Lord, and I said, Lisa has made me mad. And he sided in with her. Not that she was right. She was not. But he said, no one can make you mad but you. You chose to get mad. I went, huh. Whose side are you on, Eve's? How many of you have ever sat back and thought, if you could just change somebody else? My God, if we could get Trump back in. I'd like to have him back in. But I'm not waiting on Trump. He ain't Jesus. Well, it's the woman you gave me, God. Well, I'm pretty much stuck. See, as long as you think it's someone else, they have to change for you to have a good life. You're a miserable mess because they're not changing. If you figured that out, all the griping and throwing fits and screaming, and they haven't changed any yet, actually, they probably got worse. Oh, I'm doing so good. 
I'm saying this because if you go into this year like you did last year, uh, just, just, just don't expect it to get any better. Can I finish reading? I'm going to anyway. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Who, who, who's de- who decided how much you love God? You do. There, your love for God was a choice you made. Listen, listen to me very carefully. I'm going to say something. I want, don't ever forget it. You're as close as you want to be. And it ain't your life is no one's fault but you. You're as ignorant of the Bible as you have chosen to be. You're as prayed up as you want to be. You're on fire as you're as, as smart as you want to be. And everything that's going on in your life is you. But man, we want to jump on the bandwagon with everybody on the planet right now and it's the police's fault, it's black folks' fault, it's white folks' fault, it's the government's fault, and somebody's fault. And the church is going to have to come back and go, I think it's the guy in the mirror. Since the only person you can change is you, why don't you just work on the only thing you can fix? Oh, boy, I'm doing real good. Y'all listen to me. Listen to me. And I command you today to love the Lord your God and walk in his ways and keep his commandments and his judgments that you'll live and multiply and the Lord will bless you in the land and have nothing to do with who's in office or where you work or what color you are or whether you're male or female. You want a better life? Fall in love with Jesus. Ain't anybody stopping. Ain't anybody stopping you. Come on, guys. Come on. There's a person that goes to this church. They're not here today. Thank you, Jesus. I've known them for 15 years. I've never seen them smile. I've never seen them smile. Like an old bulldog. And that's a compliment. Bulldogs are pretty. I have to have fun. I do this for a living. I have to have fun. Are y'all, are y'all okay? Are y'all still breathing? Say 22. We'll be great. Say I decide. Y'all are getting it. 22 will be a fantastic year. As long as God is on my side. Listen, let me just get off of this a minute. Let's just, 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 just talk about money a minute. You go to your boss, and you're beating up your whole company to get a raise. And every time they give you a raise, they charge more for the stuff you buy. Have y'all not figured that out? Now, now let's go back in time. Let's go way back. When I got born again, I made $100 a week. But a Camaro was $3,000. I got a raise. The car went up. Food went up. Bologna went up. Tuna went up. Milk went up. Mayonnaise went up. So I had to go back and get another raise. I got another raise. And gas went up. And instead of a car costing $30, $30 now it's $30,000. Good God, now it's 60. 
I can remember you could buy a house in Beacon Hill for 50. That's what I paid for my truck. And I got a raise. Why don't you quit looking to the world to give you a raise? Why don't you go to God to get you a raise? If he said he would bless you coming in and he would bless you going out, you don't need to worry about what's going on in the world. Let God bless you. Obey God and let him bless you. Boy, I'll tell you right now, I just, I want this guy in office, he'll give me money. He's going to steal it from somebody. How I got off into politics. Oh, Jesus. You have no idea how hard I'm trying to help you have a good life. I... I want to look up and see a happy face next week. I'm come walking here. <laughs> you know, don't want to pray for me. If you haven't gotten 1 Peter 5, 7. Pray. I'm a bad man. That's your fault, numb nut. If circumstances are still jerking your chain. Mm. What church do you go to? What book are you reading? Okay, I'm going back over here. I've got, I've got 14 minutes. <laughs> Say this is good. Folks, I'm as serious as a heart attack to a sinner. To us, no big deal. <laughs> I thought y'all thought that. Let's go to 16. And I command you to love the Lord your God and walk in his ways, keep his commandments, statutes, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that, listen, folks, there ain't no expiration date on that. If your heart turns away, folks, it is a heart issue. It's not a it's your heart. Your heart can be right and your life messed up, but as long as your heart's right, God honors your heart. If your heart turns away that you don't hear, stop listening to the word and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I announce you today, you're going to perish and are not prolong your days in the land that you cross over. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witness against you that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose who? Say me. Say I choose. I choose. I, ch I choose my attitude. I choose my prayer life. I choose how full of God I am. I choose my income. I choose my joy. And I'm not going to lose it next week or next month. Listen, I understand we're living in, it's, it's tough. And just listen, it's fixing to get tougher. If you hadn't figured that out, you're, I, don't know what, I don't know what else to say to you. But if you're falling apart now, God help you. This is not even the tribulation period. This is a little tiny birth pain. This is minor. Come on, y'all. It's time for you and I, now this is the word, take responsibility for your life. 
I'm not waiting on y'all to be happy. I don't even wait on Lisa. If mama has a bad day, she can have a bad day all by herself. Well, you don't know who I'm married to. Don't care. You don't know what they told me at work. I don't care. Is Jesus Lord? Is he a big God? Is he your God? Did he lie? Good. And then act, then start acting like it. Oh, boy, I'm doing good. Look up, pray up, and clean up. I'm not waiting on a revival. I am. I'm a revival. I think I'll start one today, right here, in me. <laughs> People sitting around on the prayer meeting waiting to praying for God to send the glory. I ain't waiting on anybody to send nothing. Say, me neither. How does 22 look to you? Good. It's good, guys. 22 is great. Now, if you keep doing what you're doing, that's fine. I won't fall out with you. I'm not going to be upset at you. I'll bury you for free. I'll come to the hospital and pray over you. Help pick out a casket. Whatever you want to do. You came to your wedding. I'll come to your funeral. I'll come to your divorce. Whatever. What do y'all? What, I mean, you, I don't, what do you want to do? But you're not going to mess up my life. I walked in a hospital one time with a man, and I was happy. And he got mad at me. He did. He got really angry. I'm walking in a hospital knowing that I don't feel good and you're all happy. And I went. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I can put on a cry. Oh, I'll just go. <laughs> oh, brother. The doctor. Oh, God. Oh. I can't keep it up after I leave. I got to walk. <laughs> He's got to die. <laughs> Just send your tithe. Hallelujah. <laughs> what, what do you want me to come in looking like? I'm going to walk in acting like Jesus is Lord. What else do you want me to look like standing there? I'm fixing to pray for your sick self. You want to be in the mud day? Stay in the mud, baby. I don't. I'll stay out here. I pray for you out, out here. So I want you to understand something. You're, 22 is in your hand. 22 is in your hand. Now, I want you to make a decision right now. I'm trying to close. What do you think you need to do right now? And I'm going to say this because if I don't say it, you, you'll think I'm being a hypocrite. I've got two things I'm going to change. I am. Number one, I think that my prayer life needs to increase. I say that not, not to make you think I'm backslidden. I'm not. When I go in my room to pray, I have a tendency to pick up a book or a Bible 
prior to reading. That's, that's a default. When I spend time with God, I probably spend more time reading than I do prayer. I've decided to make an adjustment. That's just me. I've also made another decision. I was listening to Brother Hagin on preach on love the other day, and I went, God, I'm sadly lacking. But there's a scripture that says that if we walk in love, we have fulfilled the law, and he will take sickness from the midst of us. I said, I should work on my love. Now, I'm not just preaching to you. I'm talking about every year at this time, I stop and go, what am I fixing to do? What is last year that I don't like? What? And I, I, I'm doing this too. I want to ask you a serious question. What are you taking home from church? Don't, don't you walk out of here and go, <laughs> it's funny. I wasn't trying to be funny. I'm being serious. I'm not, I'm not in control of your health. You are. I'm not in control of your faith. You are. I'm not in control of your walk with God. You are. And some of you, if you, if you enter the year like you left this one, you're in, a, you're in trouble. And I'm not going to name names. I marry people and I bury people. I visit you in hospitals. I do the best I can. I go in there sometimes. I go, God, just be merciful. Pray like crazy. But I can't unscramble your life. You sat in church and heard sermons and didn't do a thing with it. Make a change. Make a change. How am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm pouring out my heart to you right now. I want, I want you to have a great life. I want you to have a better life than you have right this minute. But if you keep going the way you're going right now, the world's getting worse. You can cry all you want to. Have you got your little list yet? I want you to do something when you leave today. I want you to make one. I don't mean you have to make a long one. If you make a long one, you're not going to keep it. When I decided to lose weight, I decided to cut one thing out. I made a list of 20 things. I couldn't remember what they were an hour. One time I decided to get off a Coke and never drank another one. Oh, God went, okay, just, I'm going to whoop this thing and I'll whoop another one next month. You know, just going to whoop one at a time. Maybe just take one or two things in your life right now, just one or two. And you're looking at it going, some of you don't know enough Bible to spit. There's a whole bookstore out there in you're spending money on phones and you can't buy a boat. If you took your Facebook time and just prayed, you'd be a spiritual giant. Someone take me to my office and blockade me from all the people because. How many of y'all ready to pray? Father God, I love you. I love you, Father. Without you, the day I met you was the greatest day of my life. I've done good. God knows we can all do a whole lot better. I made some decisions for 22. Myself, I'm asking this church to make some decisions with me. I love every person sitting in this room, and even the ones that aren't here today. Bless them, Jesus. 
because Christmas is more important to them than you and let's just tell it like it is. And Father, we're making decisions right now. I think all of us need to make some decisions. There are things that will happen on the planet. We can't control it. I can't control what happens in the Middle East. I can't control what's happening in, in Washington, D.C. I can do my best. I can pray. I can vote. But what happens inside of me, I control. And I've decided I will have a good life. I'll walk with you. I'll walk by faith. I will, I will walk in the Spirit. I'll stay full of the Holy Ghost. Those are decisions I've made. I'll, I'll be informed, and you said I'll know the truth, and the truth would set me free. And I've chosen to accept truth. I, I pray that the people in this room right now, no matter where they are in their walk with God, would learn the things they need to learn. Quit ignoring their Bible. Quit ignoring truth. And quit thinking it's okay. It isn't. It's not okay to be ignorant. It's not okay to not know. It's not okay to be lukewarm. Father, show them it's not okay. Not going to make it. They're not going to make it. We're living in tough times. But we were born to live in this time. We have, we, we've heard enough. We've heard more Bible than, than Smith Wigglesworth ever learned. We're very knowledgeable in the thing, your thing. We're knowledgeable. We know. But now I'm praying for the greatest move of God in this earth. And it doesn't start in Atlanta or San Francisco or Miami or Tampa. It starts right here today. It starts with me. It starts with the people on the internet right now. And wherever we are, Heavenly Father, I pray that we would make some decisions today in this place. Just like a, just like a Billy Graham crusade, Heavenly Father, just as I am. We're going to make some decisions today. We're going to enter 2022. And we're going to face the giant. We're pretending like it's not there. We're going to face it. We're going to face problems. We're going to face situations. We're going to face issues. We're going to quit cowering. I give you praise. Thank you for the grace of God. All of you just keep your heads down, and I want you to sit there and think about what is it you need to change? What is it God's dealing with you? What is he saying to you? What's he talking to you about? What has he been talking to you about? You've been bucking him. You're just bucking him. Mama, non imaginante, bonne me non pense, et all about la balonode, In all my ways, I acknowledge you. You direct my path and my way. Will I pick it Early will I seek you. Early will I seek you. Your face, oh God, I seek. Your face, oh God, I seek. Early will I seek you. Early will I seek you. Don't let me know, Nina. Don't let me know. I'll 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 let me Draw nigh me. Pull up. Stop ignoring me and draw nigh.
When I call you, come. When I prompt you, stop. I'm not asking you to change everything in your life. I'm not asking you to give up the things you enjoy. I'm asking you to draw near to me and to be the man and the woman I called you to be. I have a lot for you, and I have things for you to do, but you're going to have to hear from me in order to obey and to follow me. This is not a difficult thing, and this is not too hard for you. This is actually very simple, and it will be joy to you. Because the things you're doing now do not bring you joy. They bring you sadness. They bring you stress. I said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I've offered you rest. I've offered you peace. I've offered you joy. The choice is yours. Father God, thank you. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this nation. Thank you for America. You have blessed us more than any nation that's ever been on this earth. You have done more in this nation than you've done in the history of the world. We are the most blessed people on the earth. I pray that now we stand up and understand what a great responsibility that is. To have been the recipient of the greatest blessings on the earth, to be the people to show the world what a Christian is, to teach them prosperity, not by just preaching, but to show them what it looks like when God is in a nation. I pray that we don't lose it. And we're on the verge of it if we don't begin to make changes. I pray that all of us today will sit back and realize what a great thing you have done in this nation. And our number one responsibility is with you and to walk with you. And that, sir, we will do. Hey, I love you. Y'all are the best group of Christians in this planet. But you still got work to do. I sure am glad y'all have a good pastor. take this away, baby, before I get myself in trouble. Y'all have a great day. Have a great new year. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't you I'll find you it... at the left door or the right. <laughs> Don't you find it interesting in Deuteronomy? It says the same thing it says in Romans 10. Right? The word is nigh you in your heart and in your mouth. So choose good, right? Choose good. Choose life. And then in Romans 10, it says the word is near you in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach that if you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and confess with your mouth his lordship, you shall be saved. Isn't that interesting how those two verses correlate? If you're here today and you've never said with your mouth, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, that you can remember. If you've never said, Lord, I believe in my heart that Jesus has been raised from the dead, and be my Lord, not just be a Lord, be my Lord. If you don't ever remember saying that, come up here today. So as my altar workers are coming forward, they will pray with you. They will put that in your memory today. We're going to say it. 
We're going to believe in our heart and we're going to say it with our mouth. Because he said, that's as close as it is to you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. If you've never said, Jesus, be my Lord, thank you for the blood you shed for me, then you are not saved. You're not on your way to, the, to heaven. You're not on your way to a good life with the Lord. You might be, you might do good things, and you might have been in church all your life. But if you never remember saying, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. It says Philip went down to Samaria, and, they re- and he preached Christ to them. And it says they received the word. It doesn't take long for you to receive the word. That somebody's preaching, you just receive and say, that's, that's for me. That's mine, and I want it, and I want it now. Amen? So if you need prayer for any reason, you come up here. You get prayer. We're going to spend time with you. These people don't have anything in the crock pot. Amen? They will spend time with you. If you need an agreement for prayer for anything, the Father God says, I will answer those. Any two shall agree on earth is touching anything. In the name of Jesus, Father God says, I'm there and I'll answer it. So you come up and you get prayer. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Please leave here quietly. Resume talking out the doors. Those who want to be prayed for, come on up. Amen.